0: Good morning. Welcome to our service here in Daravolgi this morning. Whether you're here in person or whether you join us online, it's very good to have you with us here. This morning we come to the final part of our series on 2 Corinthians. And. Um, the first song says this cornerstone, this solid gra- ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. And that should help us to live our lives in the knowledge that God is with us in our weaknesses.
1: Uh, <coughs> you find, <coughs> you find today's reading on page 1166 of your Bible. It is is Second Corinthians chapter 13. Letter of Paul to the Church at Corinth. The title of the passage is Final Warnings. This will be my third visit to you. Every matter must be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. I already gave you a warning when I was with you the second time. I now repeat it while I am absent. On my return, I will not spare those who sinned earlier or any of the others since you're demanding proof that Christ is speaking through me. He is not weak in dealing with you but is powerful among you for to be sure he was crucified in weakness yet he lives by God's power likewise we are weak in him. Yet by God's power, we will live with him to serve you. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you? Unless, of course, you fail the test. And I trust that you will discover that we have not failed the test. Now we pray to God that you will not do anything wrong not that people will see that we have stood the test but that you will do what is right even though we may seem to have failed for we cannot do anything against the truth but only for the truth we are glad whenever we are weak but you are strong and our prayer is for your perfection This is why I write these things when I am absent, that when I come I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority, the authority the Lord gave me for building you up, not for tearing you down. Finally, brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints send their greetings. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
0: Uh, so we are at the end of this um, series, Strength and Weakness in 2 Corinthians. And we've covered a, a lot of ground over the last uh, nearly 10 weeks. And we've seen that, like it or not, try as we may, we are in relationships with other people. Some of those relationships are solid relationships, they're long-term relationships, and they're familial relationships, and sometimes they're just relationships that you have with people who, you, your neighbours, your people who you're in a shop with, the people who you meet on a regular basis in a more ad-hoc way. We've seen that whenever our eyes are up, we're ready to receive, that it changes uh, our perspective, that we can become attractive to others whenever we gather together as a community. Uh, Whenever we gather together and live out what our mandate and our mission is, we become an attractive place for others to ask questions. We've seen that different people with different roles serve the one God, and so it's not all about everybody or one person trying to do everything. It's about each one of us doing our bit, the bit that God has gifted us with, in order that we can be that attractive body, that place that serves him, an arm and a leg and so forth, as it says in 1 Corinthians, actually. We've seen that uh, treasures in jars of clay, that fact that actually um, treasure that's inside us is Jesus Christ. He that is in us is greater than he that is in the world. That the Holy Spirit living in us is a great treasure to the world around us. But we also know that we live in a frail human body, a body that is marred by sin or decay or disease, And so it's like a clay jar. It can be smashed, broken, cracked. And Whenever a clay jar is broken, the treasures within will seep out of it. And so in your brokenness, in my brokenness, we show Jesus to the world around us. That's why we're called ambassadors for Jesus. We are his spokesperson in this world. Called to be generous givers with our time, with our money, with our service, and with our relationships we've noted that we're in a battle and that this isn't an easy life the christian life is not an easy one the devil is after us just the same as god chases after us and there's a battle in the spiritual realms for each one of us every single day but as christians we can stand firm and know that the battle is won by the victory of the cross last week we heard that there's strength in our weakness For his power is made perfect in those places. A lot of encouragement in there. There's a lot of challenge in there. But there's a lot of encouragement in there for us as individuals and also for us as a church. And today we're going to look at this title, Examine Yourself. Let's pray before we do. Father God, we thank you for who you are and for all that you have done for us in this space, and at this time, as we allow your holy word to speak truth into the depths of our being, Father God, may you, in all that you are, be present with us. In your name. Amen. Amen. So that phrase, examine yourself, like, when when was the last time you used that? In Northern Ireland, we kind of use that as a derogatory thing. For goodness sake, would you ever go and examine yourself, would you? Take a good look at yourself. See what you're at. And Paul's saying that exact kind of same phrase. I imagine that tone um, to this, this Corinthian church. He's saying you need to take a good look at yourself. You need to examine yourself and you need to ensure that you know who you are. You know what it is that you're doing and whether that is right before God or not way on and examine yourself. Now, I don't know about you, but if somebody says that to me, the hackles kind of go up in the back of your neck a wee bit. They're kind of like, I will hear you to tell me to examine myself. Have you ever examined yourself? Have you? Seriously, like, I could point out a few wee things for you at the minute. But that's actually what the Christian community is about. That's what we've seen through this, actually, that we're there to encourage each other, but we're also there to challenge each other. We're there to hold each other account. And that's what Paul is doing with this Corinthian church. He is holding them to account. He is calling them back from the places where they have strayed. Paul warns them. And he calls them back several times, actually, both in person and in his letter. In fact, the start of this says, this will be the third visit to you. This isn't the first time Paul has done this. And he was accused earlier in his letter, actually, of being kind of really soft whenever he's in person but really harsh whenever he's writing his letters. And sometimes that's why Paul gets a really hard time in the Scriptures, actually, because it appears that the letters that he wrote to the early church are really harsh. (laughs) He's given off to them. It seems as if he's given off to them more than he's encouraging them. But he also does that whenever he is with them. And so whether he's in person or whether he's writing to them in a letter, he wants them, desires them simply to get stronger. And that's the key, isn't it? That in all that we do, in all that we say, in all the challenges that we bring to each other, our deep desire is that we would get stronger, stronger in faith, stronger in witness, and stronger in a vibrant, attractive community. If you look at our uh, passage today, it's page one thousand one hundred and sixty-six, if you're pew Bibles, or if you have your own with you, it's two Corinthians, chapter thirteen. Right, let's look at verse nine. It says, we are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. And our prayer is for your perfection. This is why I write these things. Whenever I am absent, that when I come, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority. The authority the Lord gave me for the building you up, not for the tearing down. Two things in those verses. Aim for perfection. Hands up if you're perfect. And I, I inadvertently put my hand up there, didn't I? Hands up if you're perfect. No, we don't, we don't ever kind of admit that, do we? But we aim for that. We aim for the perfection in our faith. We aim to be the best that we possibly can be as we follow the person who is perfect. That's why we're called to be and to become more like Jesus. Not that we will ever be perfect and sinless like him, but we're called to become like him. He is our ultimate role model and mentor. But Paul also says in First 10, this is why I write these things. Whenever I am absent, and whenever I come to you, I may not have to be harsh in my use of authority. Paul's writing those hard things to the Corinthian church so that whenever he arrives, he doesn't have to give off to them as much because he's expecting that they will have corrected their behavior by the time he arrives. As a parent, whenever we discipline our children, we expect a change in their behavior. Always works 100% of the time. But in that moment where we discipline them, where we tell them off, where we correct their behavior or their words or whatever it is, we expect it to change. Whenever the Lord speaks into our lives and brings that challenge to each one of us, individually or collectively, He expects a change within us. Well, one probably one of the most common phrases in our house at the minute, Uh, with a 10-year-old is, seriously, how many times am I going to have to tell you that? And the other day, whenever those words came out of my mouth as I was preparing for today, I thought, that's probably how God feels about me, actually. How many times am I going to have to tell you that, James? Before you correct your behavior, before you correct your words, before you listen to what it is that I desire of you. That's how we become mature in our faith. It's in those moments of deep challenge, in those moments of conflict, uh, from within, from without, that we mature in our faith, that we grow in our faith. That's why today, you need to go away off and examine yourself the preacher included. They're not my words. They're the words that's contained in this passage today. See, first 5 says this. Examine yourselves to see whether you are in faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realize that Christ Jesus is in you unless, of course, you feel the test? We examine ourselves to ensure that we're on the right path that we haven't strayed from where we should be with Jesus. We examine ourselves so we might grow strong and healthy and mature. As a parent, whenever I discipline my children, it's not because I love to do it, although I think they think that, actually. But it's because I want them to grow strong And healthy and mature and dare I even say that as one of my children are listening at the moment independent big smile from the back at this point but in those moments of a parent growing a child it is isn't it it's about them becoming strong and healthy and mature and independent ready to face the world. In other places in the Scriptures, God tells us that as believers, we need to move from the spiritual milk onto the solid food. We need to continue to grow as a disciple of Jesus. Simply becoming a disciple is not enough. It's in our weakness that we find strength. Verse 4 says, For To be sure, he was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power, we will live with him to serve you. Christ was crucified in his weakness, but in God's power. That's a powerful image as we approach Easter. It's a powerful image because it says, likewise, we are weak in Him, yet by God's power. And so in our weakness, we receive the power of God. In those moments where we feel we can't do it alone, that's probably one of the best places to be rather than independently believing that you can do it all by yourself. Trusting, relying, leaning into God. My grace has been made perfect, for my power is made perfect. My grace is sufficient for me, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Isn't that what he said in the previous chapter? A strong community. A strong community of believers looks out for each other. And so there's plenty of challenge for us as individuals to examine ourselves today. But there's also a challenge for us as a body of believers to examine ourselves. First 9 We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong, for our prayer is for your perfection. We are glad whenever we are weak, but you are strong. Whenever one of us is weak, another one is strong and they hold that one up. Whenever one is strong, they can look out for the weaker brother or sister. In a world that increasingly is all about me and all about I, it's all about. They're reducing it down to the individual. The church, the body of Christ, has something beautiful to portray to them. In our community, we look out for each other. We care for each other. We lift each other up whenever one is weak. The other is strong. And so we stand on a number of things from this passage today. We stand on God's truth. Verse 7. Now we pray to God that you will do, not do anything wrong. Not that we will see that we have stood the test, but that you will do what is right, even though we may seem to have failed. We can do nothing against the truth, but only for the truth. We can do nothing against the truth, but only for the truth. Heard it said often, there's, there's always three truths, isn't there? There's your truth, my truth, and then there's the truth. <laughs> In other words, there's your version, my version, and then there's what actually happened. God's Word is that middle line. It's that centering of gravity. It's that place that we return to to find what the truth is. And so whenever we have questions about who we are, what it is that we are to do, how we are to handle situations, how we are to interact with other people, how we are to have strength in our weakness, we come back to the center ground of God's Word where we find truth. Truth that cannot be swayed, truth that cannot be changed, truth that doesn't have an objective opinion in that sense, a truth that remains strong. So we stand on truth, and we stand on the fact that His strength brings presence. We see that in verse 4, for, we, for to be sure we are crucified in weakness, yet He lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in Him, yet by God's power we will live with Him to serve you. God is present with us. And that is the greatest encouragement that we can have as Christians, that God is present with us. Even in our darkest and direst and most despairing moments, He is present with us. The same as he is present with us in our happiest, the most jubilant moments. But sometimes we don't lift our eyes up to look to him. To see that he is present with us. And then it only comes with hindsight as we look back into those situations that, that we begin to see actually he was there. I can see how he lifted me up. That's the whole footprints in in the sand prayer, isn't it? That in that moment God carried us and only one set of footprints was there. And looking back, I thought that he hadn't been there with me, but he'd been carrying me all the time. And because he lives in us, we carry his presence to the world around us. We bring hope and life and joy we bring good news, we bring truth, we bring all of those things by being His followers in the places that He places us, in our families, in our schools, in our workplaces, in our streets, in our communities, wherever that might be. So we stand on His truth, we stand on His, the fact that there's strength in His presence, and we stand on the fact that we are here for each other. Verse 5, examine yourselves to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves. Verse 9, for we are glad whenever we are awake, but you are strong. We're here for each other. A welcoming community. Without, without getting... Too much pride in that sense. I I think we're we're quite good at that as a community of believers. We're welcoming, we're here, we look out for each other. And so actually, that's a good thing. But we can never let that slip. We can never become comfortable or complacent in those moments where we're not looking out for someone else. So what happens now? Well, verse 12. Greet each other with a holy kiss. No, seriously, they want each other. Um. But there's something intimate in that moment. Paul didn't put that in simply just to be facetious. He didn't put it in to be flippant. He said that at the end of this letter to the Corinthians because he wanted them to know and to understand that their community, that their relationships, were to be close enough, were to be intimate enough, where they were comfortable enough with each other's presence. Verse 11, finally, brothers and sisters, goodbye. Goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. There's a wonderful promise in there. Aim for perfection. He doesn't say you have to be perfect. He's not saying that that is the total outcome of what it is that we are to be. He's saying aim for it. Because in aiming for perfection, we will get rid of the bits that aren't right. It's like a master craftsman honing and shaping something that he is making. He'll make a really rough prototype. Then he'll make an even better prototype. Then he might begin to make a template and then he makes make something from the template and realize that it's not quite right. And so he remakes the template so that the template becomes the master plan for all of those other objects. We are to become God's template in this community. owned and shaped by each other that we might represent Him in the world around us. Not that we will be perfect, but we're to aim for it. We're to be of one mind. We're to live in peace. And the promise of that is that He will be with us. And so we live out our faith in the community of faith. Impacting a world that desperately needs hope. You and I, we live out our faith in this community of faith. Impacting the world around us that desperately needs hope. That's the call of this letter to the Corinthians at their time. That's the call for us from God's word in our time. May we be faithful in it. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for who you are, for all that you have done for us. We thank you that you are present with us. And our invitation for you to be present is not in any sense neglecting the fact that you are already here. It's your opening of our hearts and our minds to be receptive to your presence, willing and able to change by the truth of your word and by the power of your spirit. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's finish today actually as how the Apostle Paul finished uh, his letter to 2 Corinthians with the grace as we look around at each other. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Amen.